0: Podcast we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name is Dave Gurney. I'm here as always with...
1: It's me, Joe Hilliard.
0: And we have a guest, a return guest, ah. uh, a guest who now this is his third time, one of us, my favorites. Um, who we just had recently when we were in All Horror October still, and we did Halloween Ends,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, along with Pearl. Right? Yeah. Those were our new horrors. Which, boy, I still I, I'm still thinking about. I need to rewatch Pearl maybe for the holidays. It, it, it feels like something that I should splurge and just rent the stream uh, if they don't have it available for uh, purchase already. Uh-oh. I keep
2: seeing it on Blu-ray at Target. because okay, I keep, I keep going go. back and forth to Target. Josh, yeah. how, how, you, how you been, man? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, my kid's a year now, so I've been oh. heavy into
1: that. She's like doing a lot. She's going to start walking soon, so... I'm I'm you, have have you guys her. seen the new Brendan Cronenberg? Speaking of Mia Goth, the new oh, Cron- yeah. Cronenberg trailer. No. Uh golly, what's the name of the movie? It's, I, I, it's uh, yeah, I forget. Spontaneous Conversation. Uh, <laughs> I forget it's her uh, and it's who's who's the actor? Infinity Infinity Pool right? Pool. Yeah. yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have uh, not
2: seen the trailer. I saw photos from it. It looks already.
1: I it's uh, all two thousand twenty three is already. It's baby, coming Cro- into shape. it's baby Cronenberg, right? Not Papa Cronenberg. Right. He loved his first uh Wow. His, direct, his film debut, uh, Possessor. We all. I think that was his second. I was film. gonna
0: say I don't think that was his feature <coughs> debut. because yeah, I said. think Cosm- his debut with or us. whatever.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. What I, David, that's what I meant. Uh, I mean, Possessor
2: is amazing. That's one of my favorite movies of the last ten years, <sighs> yeah, for it was, sure.
1: It was really good. It, it appeared in the top three. Uh, the, I think you and I and Carlos. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was it, up there.
0: We, we, we were all very fond of it it's yeah. it stuck in uh, st- stayed
1: in there until the end of the year list and, but uh, we're not talking horror today yeah. we kind of are well, and but yeah. a little bit maybe in, in half of the episode but you know uh, we're talking about films that certainly a new father might want to uh, weigh in on as his daughter sure. gets a little <laughs> bit older and can watch some of these movies Th- maybe. this is content that will be available
0: to her soon perhaps but let's yeah. do what we do yeah. David and get <laughs> some beer
1: in our glasses we're going to go to Whitestone Brewery it's the first time we've ever visited them they are out of Cedar Park, Texas, and we're going to enjoy kind of thematically into December now. Their Melted Snowman a winter, the can says a winter warmer ale with cinnamon and nutmeg. Their website says, come in and try this limited winter seasonal cinnamon, nutmeg, and caramel notes on the nose, full mouthfeel with roasted barley and chocolate characteristics on the finish. Cinnamon and nutmeg are present throughout. Drink this on Christmas, New Year's, or on any day of the week for full effect. Yes, you should have a sweater on to enjoy. It's coming in at 7.5 and I guess it's seasonally means that it's not going to be available from them. year-round. a beautiful melting snowman on the can.
0: Love it. Love it. Yes. We are in the season folks. Last week we were drinking some, uh, some fun seasonal stuff. We had the St. Arnold's Christmas. Mm. Um, and, uh, and then we were talking pretty squarely about, uh, Christmas themed films. Although Mm. one of them was the debatable one, right? Um, this week we're not really doing Christmas films. But nonetheless, I'm I'm happy that as we're in this season, we're enjoying some of these offerings that breweries uh, put together uh, that that are meant to go with the season. And in some ways, I guess the idea of a melted snowman, uh, at least if we think of it as an anthropomorphic kind of snowman who comes to life like a frosty the snowman sort of thing, maybe there's some kind of connection to be made with the film, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we all enjoy that, is, that. That is
1: good. That's actually really well, well said. We, all, try. <laughs> we all enjoyed that St. Arnold Christmas sale, but remember I asked, well, why is it a Christmas sale outside of the fact that they are, it's a seasonal availability, right? Cause we didn't smell the nutmeg or the cinnamon or right. the clove. They're promising a lot of different Christmas flavors and they're certainly coming through on the nose.
0: Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I agree. I get some of those spices, the nutmeg, the cinnamon. I'm, I'm getting that on the mm-hmm. nose. Also, getting that sort of maltiness that you expect with a winter warmer. I mean, something that's a little heftier in terms of uh, that sort of basic malt bill that, that you're dealing with. Um, and you expect probably less so on the hoppiness. So, you, I'm not getting a lot of hops on the nose. I am getting the spices. I am getting the malt. Mm-hmm. I think. At least, based on what I'm getting up front before I even taste it, it seems like it's going to fit the bill. And I always get excited when we try a new brewery. Yes. So thank sure. you, thank you for getting that here. Not
2: my pleasure. Just from the smell. I feel like I could take this to a Christmas party and be that drunk Theo with
1: with like a a six-pack. At (laughs) seven
0: and a half percent, if you drink that six-pack, you're going to be feeling it. yeah. Uh, You know, guys, I've had a
1: very difficult week, and I'm I'm, I'm likely to talk about that in After Hours. Patreon.com slash Beer and Movie Podcast, $5 a month, gets you a free bonus episode every week, and we tend to dive into... Our lives a little bit more and I, sight and sound. We could talk about maybe David. You we
0: we meant to last <coughs> week. Yeah. We got a I don't know how you feel about that, but uh, we can. We can oh, the f- list,
2: yeah, the list. yeah, yeah. I didn't look too much into it. I also have very juicy stuff for after hours. Wonderful, and David,
1: yeah. you uh, you pimped but did not deliver. A a bad beer uh, experience, and I want to hear. I do want to hear all about that. We need to. We need to tell that story. So I, um, I, I've been in touch with my son a lot this week because of the things going on in my life, and um, I talked to him on the way over here, and he said, "I'm headed to Total Wine. I'm going to get some beers," and I. He's 22, and I said, uh, (laughs) "Oh, it's okay. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm loving this conversation. What, what are, what might you be picking up?" And he. I usually go over to the singles section. They they do that. They break open uh, six packs and then you can buy. A lot of liquor
0: stores. Even Liquid Town has their shelf. I love doing it there. I
1: find this Total Wine, they have a very nice selection. Yeah. Uh, You can really sample. I I was going to point him that way, but he said, that's what I typically do. Uh, IPAs, he said, IPAs. And then he asked, now- is IPA is clearly an ale, but now, but what's a stout? Is, uh, is that an ale? What is it? And I got to have a nice talk Aww. with him, a nice, uh, take <laughs> your mind off of things, talk with him about st- uh, loggers versus ales and why, why and da, da, yeah. da. so. dah, uh, so Maybe I'll text him in a little bit and, and ask him what he picked up, and I can talk about that in after hours
2: too. I think I think at his age, when I was there, I was probably just picking up Boston Lager twelve packs mm-hmm. and drinking about ten of them. Yeah. I'd give about one or two out. Throughout wow! The night. Sure. Yeah. But you were
0: going with the Sam Adams. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't
2: know why I was heavy into it for like a good few years in my That's funny. mid to, or
1: early to mid twenties. We got off the phone. I've him a little money with the caption "Beers on me tonight." <laughs> <laughs> That's a cool dad. But uh, so cool the beers are poured. We've got two very similar but not similar movies to talk about.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, w- w- both based on the same story, a story that listeners uh, w- will likely be very familiar with, at least some version of. Um, it, this, it, the story I'm talking about is Pinocchio, which all kind of traces back to an 1883 novel by Carlo Collodi, or, yeah, I think I got that, um, The Adventures of Pinocchio and you know i say we all kind of it's it's a property that fell into the public domain and uh thus was sort of ripe material for a lot of different i think probably most famously walt disney 1940 animated film um which Ha, has a number of songs that came right. Oh, yeah. when you wish upon oh, a yeah. kind of star. to
1: hold me. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, songs that have kind of even gone beyond the film in mm-hmm. certain ways. But but the basic idea of a you know puppet made by a woodworker who the, the puppet is granted life um, and sort of becomes a son to the woodworker. The, Geppetto is the name of the woodworker and then through a series of sort of trials has to kind of prove himself being worthy of actually being a real live boy and then depending on the version of the tale you're seeing he does he doesn't we, we kind of get to find out um, and Joe you were kind of hinting that there's some elements to the original novel which I've never read admittedly um, that maybe don't get carried
1: over very much in these
0: adaptations such as
1: the well, cricket in the, in the novel Jiminy Cricket and I don't think his name is Jiminy in the novel. It's not in the Del Toro version, which is what we'll be talking about first. Right. It, it, there is a cricket, but it's, it's voiced by Ewan McGregor this go round. But it's not Jiminy Cricket. Uh, he is killed by Pinocchio in the novel uh, right. by Pinocchio accidentally throwing a hammer at him and smushing him. And then his ghost is that conscience element right. in, the, in the novel.
0: And, and the cricket certainly gets knocked
1: around a lot in Del Toro. It does. And I imagine that, again, as you said, famously the 1940s, uh, Disney's second animated film after the success of Snow White. Right. It. Uh, I don't think they would have smushed that Jiminy Cricket. Anyway, they, <laughs> they, they, they made it um, Disney-friendly and... Uh, that was one of my favorite movies to watch as a kid.
0: Was it?
2: Yeah, it's it definitely brings like that magical feeling of Disney movies from, from like my childhood. Like yeah. I put it on a little bit with my, my daughter. She she'll watch and then she'll start messing with stuff. Yeah. She's still she's just a year, but it's it's I felt like it's comfortable, it's like slow, like that old animation isn't like crazy, like you it's know, true. There's it, there's a it, more leisurely pace yeah, to it. Yeah. yeah. But I, I loved it and like all the songs just came floating back into my head and watching it. I it's, haven't it's seen it in a long, long
1: time. And so when we when I sat down to watch Del Toro's version, knowing before I watched it that he Del Toro, right? Yeah. We're talking Del Toro yeah. now. It's our fifth time to talk about one of his films uh, here on the show. You know you're going to be in for a version that's going to probably be remarkably different from the oh yeah, sh- yeah. saccharine sweet kind of Disney version. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mean that in any negative way. It's what Disney does. Yeah, but uh, and boy was it! It yeah. was beautifully different.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean. Th- out of the gate, I guess, you know, going into a film when uh, Guillermo del Toro is at the helm, you kind of have a certain kind of, expe- or I, yeah. I have a certain yeah. kind of expectation built up like I'm like, this is going to be, even if I don't love, the mo- which I usually do love as a movie, <laughs> but even if for some reason I don't love the story, there's going to be th- things there visually that are just going to, stick know, with you they're going to be wonderful, wondrous, I'm, I'm going to images that'll be burned into my head mm-hmm. that that kind of movie is what I'm getting into and so hearing that he was doing this version of Pinocchio intrigued me you know just at the base and uh, that he
1: was going to be doing the stop motion animation well oh, there yeah.
0: th- then yeah. you right then then you add the information that that oh but he's not even doing it as a typical live action film like what he's worked in by and large you know for the majority of his yeah. film work yeah. but he's going to do something in the stop motion realm which it makes sense to me. Yeah. We, we just a few weeks ago uh, did *Wendell and Wild*, uh, which is on Netflix still. um Key and Peele as the leads, yeah. but it's Henry Selick who you know does the nightmare before. Is Christmas. that true stop motion? I you know I think they're using a process that maybe isn't as. But I think it's I saw still, a little bit a lot of, it, of it, and it, and
2: it and it just looked a little bit CGI-ish. Like yeah. it could be assisted, which is. Fine.
1: There's a lot of companies that still like right. kind of do that. I think assisted do that, right. that now. I think assisted is the the yeah. perfect word. Yeah. There yeah. There's definitely puppets and models, and yeah. they're moving them one frame at a time. But they're clearly uh, enhancing the entire Some image. things yeah. that they're sure. able to do that you wouldn't write.
0: Yes. Um, but but stop motion is something that I've. I mean, I I kind of actually shared this with you guys when we were just talking about getting ready for the episode, and you know, one of my fondest memories of being awakened to the idea of there being movies outside the mainstream, like art house cinemas and stuff was a friend's dad inviting me along when they, Hey, we're going to go see this claymation festival. Do you want to come with us? And we go to this small one screen theater in Portland, Maine called the movies on exchange. It was exchange street was what it was on. Um, And we sat there and it was like, you know, two hours of these claymation, which is mostly it's stop motion. It's, you know, just using clay to do stop motion. At the time, the California Raisins were a big deal. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the commercials. I remember the commercials. Yeah. Yeah. And so it it was a bunch of different short films that were all done using some variation on clay animation techniques. And I was just bowled over where I was like, this is so cool. This is, you know, for one thing, I liked animation, but I had never really seen just a solid block of shorts doing this kind of more fringe type of animation, yeah. I would say. Um, it just awakened me to the idea that, oh, there are movies that I just don't hear about on,
2: do you, you know, Do you remember the, like, content? Was it, was it like, kiddish, cartoonish, or was it a little bit more? It was
0: definitely um, family appropriate. Okay. Like, I don't remember being bowled over. I think there were a couple. There's one, like, the beginning of the universe kind of thing. So there were cool. some that had, like, loftier themes yeah. to them but i think d- it didn't get into sexuality it didn't I mean, get in even yeah. to violence too much yeah i know del toro talked about i saw one interview with him before i saw the movie that he was talking about
2: like he wanted to kind of spread the the message that like stop motion or animation itself just isn't for kids like not not just isn't, isn't just isn't for just for, for, just th- for yeah, kids yeah. yeah and i mean watching pinocchio I'm, I'm still like i would show my kid this but also there's still a lot of the elements for me that i enjoyed well
0: the, so you know before the, the you you get me into that realm so i'm excited about you know doubly when we think about that and especially when a filmmaker like i said who mostly operates in another mode yeah decides no this is something i want to do i feel similarly about anderson wes anderson right doing uh isle of dog and uh fantastic mr fox and his filmography is kind of sort of outliers but they're beautiful Mm -hmm. little outliers that actually carry a lot of the themes that he gets interested in I feel like, you know, I felt there was great potential for this film to be kind of a similar thing for Del Toro, where I'd get to see him, yes, bring some of his trademark elements in there, but also do it in like a slightly different way yeah. that would that would be new, you know, yeah. and, and exciting. So, but with a tale that I know very well, or supposedly know very well. You said it was how many
2: uh, versions of it? has there been? So
0: in? I, at least 14 feature length films. Yeah. But then there's television adaptations that have been done, video games. I feel like so, when you get
2: into the realm after 10, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, go ahead. Uh, you got to do something really interesting to keep people's like imagination alive or like to keep the interest there because right. if you have, yeah, having so many different versions before and I think he really nailed that. I agree, right?
0: Because there are some notable changes that he puts into play here, right? What, now right off the bat. Uh, we the, kind of, the
1: time that it's presented in. Yeah, he,
0: good
2: point. Yeah, he's good at that. Like I was thinking back to Pan's Labyrinth, like mixing history into his films in a fantastical. Well, he's tell. called this
1: the third of a trilogy of films. Okay. Del Toro, uh, starting with uh, Devil's Backbone, into Pan's Labyrinth, and then into this film.
0: Oh, that's cool! I didn't realize that he <clears throat> yeah, he, he said was that he actually. Said saying that, that in he the interview. It. it makes sense because these it are does. all like fantasy films. Very interested in childhood or adolescence, yeah. set during World War II.
1: Right, yeah, and, and yeah. the film begins in World War One, when uh, uh, Geppetto's son Carlo is killed uh, in a uh, in a church by a bomb that wasn't even meant for the church. It was just yeah. being right. dropped on the I, way back. I was back really to glad the, they like
2: threw that in there because it's just the it's the price of war it kind of shows yeah. you like,
1: sure and Geppetto a, wood, yeah. a woodworker is was working on the the church's giant crucifix right and uh the, then the church is bombed and then he goes he, he goes into a deep deep depression yeah. fast forward he plants a tree fast forward the tree is growing through time as he sits by the grave and grieves it was
2: with the pine that his son the pie, yeah the yeah, yeah, whole oh, nice re- yeah so yeah, yeah
0: i mean that whole i guess prologue opening yeah. this is just new right i mean uh-huh. this is this is part of the Del Toro, and and I should say, you know, he did write this with um, uh, who who is the co-writer Patrick McHale. So he had somebody co-writing, and then I guess the story, um, was co uh, co conceived. I was about to say deceived, <laughs> uh, but co-conceived by Matthew Robbins, which. I just got to put out there, guys. You know, being in a room here in Corpus Christi, the director behind the Legend of Billie Jean. So, oh wow, time. You know, making those connections here. Wow. Uh, but here's a. This is a pretty huge. Seeing that whole opening, I guess we could call it prologue, or you know, that kind of provides the backstory for Geppetto. Right out of the gate, like, I was. I, for one thing in tears a little bit because it's such a sad oh, yeah. it's I would compare yeah. it to like the up opening you know where you yeah. get the very compressed version of this couple's life together and the trials and tribulations and then ultimate demise you know d- demise of the female you know here we're getting this compressed vision of a father and son yeah this intense like loving relationship great song yeah that, that goes in that sequence right Um. And then capped by the son's death, you know, this tragic death, all setting us up for who this character Geppetto is, which I don't remember any version of Pinocchio I've ever seen before giving Geppetto such depth. Right.
1: Outside of the fact that he was a woodworker and might have made a wooden puppet. That's it. At
2: that point, too,
0: you realize that he lost his wife and
2: his son lost a mother and then he loses his son. And it's just such like, Mm -hmm. man. It it
1: sets up and in, well, so then he. Cuts this tree down yeah. in a drunken fit. Yeah. I love that. You're not going to see oh, that in a Disney. It's a oh, drunken Geppetto. Yeah,
2: and uh, like some sacrilegious kind of stuff hinted, yes. hinted there when he's like yelling at the skies, or why, why, why won't you answer my prayers? And, right. Yeah, which is pretty heavy for like an animation or well, not an
1: Well, pinocchio. fast forward to when Peto I- Peto. Pinocchio <laughs> is uh, uh, born, mm-hmm. uh, c- brought to life. Oh uh, we'll, we'll get into how that happens. But uh, then he finds Geppetto in the church, and yeah. they're saying demon, demon. Yeah. And because because we should say the design of Pinocchio here is not a cute little marionette puppet. Mm-hmm. It is very raw, wooden, like rough. You know, yeah. You can uh, see the grain. Really you see nice. the grain. That was like to me every time it would close up on Pinocchio. I was reminded of how beautiful this animation yeah. was. How beautiful oh, yeah. the detail was. Yeah. But it's it's um, a spindly thing that unpainted. It's Mm -hmm. not painted flesh tones. Nails still sticking out. haven't been pounded. So demon. It's a demon. There's no strings. That's not a puppet. And uh, Pinocchio says, points up at the crucifix. He is wooden, and you love him. Yeah. I am wooden. Why can't you love me? Oh man, getting into that religious theme. That's clearly here. There's so much. And I remember in Pan's Labyrinth, off the top of my head. Yeah.
2: There's so much in that. It's such a loaded statement because it's kind of like the acceptance. And to me, how, how so certain people who follow certain religions are very like hypocritical or hypocritical and like, don't really follow what they're saying. working through a lot of that. You know? <laughs> no, yeah. Bad. No, I mean, I mean it, it's to me, it, it hit, it, it hit court like hard. Cause it's, that's one of my big problems with super religious people who are actually assholes.
0: Like, you know, I, I agree in, entirely. It's a message that, that resonates with my own experience. Mm-hmm, yeah. but, but I like that the film, and this is something that I think Del Toro does well in almost everything, is that he can touch on themes and he can, like, sort of make his point. Yeah. But he doesn't feel the need to hit it over mm-hmm. the head over and over. Like the scene yeah. that you're describing, Joe, is it really like great scene and it's actually kind of, it's funny and and it, it's also a little bit suspenseful like because yeah. you're worried that these townspeople might just rise up and like pull them apart or what you know.
1: Or, or, or go after Geppetto.
0: Right, exactly. And so there's some real stakes to it it feels like yeah. and it's making this kind of commentary on religion and the way that belief works yeah. and that acceptance isn't always part of that system and all this, and then it kind of goes. It doesn't have yeah. to be this overriding theme for the film well, but he's there's made several the other themes because there are explore. others to be made, right? I mean, fascism right. is on the rise. So here? now
1: it's World War II. Right. Uh, the, the 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 gap of grief and the tree growing for it to be cut down happened between the Great War and World War II. Right. So now we're in Italy under uh, Mussolini. the, Mussolini's fascist Luce. Uh, uh, regime. Regime. And I thought that was fascinating because because again, stuff Disney's not going to touch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No. And again where you um you know again go to del toro you think like okay he's gonna be able to do and i think he handles it really well like it is an omnipresence in the Mm -hmm. film of sorts Mussolini himself even shows up,
1: Bo- voiced <laughs> by SpongeBob SquarePants. Is, is that, that right? Yeah. Is it, oh, who's that Tom Kenny? Kenny? Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay, so the cast.
0: Oh, oh my the god! Voice I was there trying thing. to like guess
2: certain. Of them. Christoph Waltz was the first one, other than Hugh McGregor, right? That I really was like, oh, my, like you know it's him, but it's also very like, mm-hmm. when when a voice actor can can. St- you can you still tell it's them, but it's not like annoyingly so. Where you're yeah. like, oh, you just sound like Christoph Waltz. The thing Waltz. that
1: throws you off of Christoph Waltz's voice is the appearance of the character. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's, he's so clownish yeah. looking. Uh, and this is um, this movie's version of uh, Strombolini, help me. Right? Stromboli, yeah. Right, that you see in that classic Disney uh, version. Yeah. And, and maybe a film that we'll talk about in the second half. Uh, and uh, but, but, but making... So, so like that classic version that you love mm-hmm. so much, Josh, it, it, Pinocchio leaves his father to yeah. go on adventures. His father's attempting to find him. There's a reuniting. Yeah. Um, and those adventures here are uh, the Christoph Waltz character uh, kidnapping, essentially. Exploiting, uh, exploiting him. Exploiting yeah. him as a stringless puppet yeah. in a carnival type, traveling carnival situation. And uh, then... The whole really exploring the f- kind of fascist army of that mm-hmm. of that of that war in in Italy when, uh, who, Finn Wolfhart is that is that who was he it? was the Candlewick the Candlewick's candlewick? son, right. yeah, okay. son yeah so, uh, his son yeah th- yeah so his this Finn Wolfhart human character's father is a military agent.
0: Yeah, a government like official. A, yeah. Kind of, yeah,
1: and so uh, drafts, quote unquote, yeah. br- uh, b- brings Pinocchio in to fight that war. And why wouldn't you? This is a soldier yeah. that cannot be killed. So he's yeah, yeah, which that
0: that's an important element of yeah, this Pinocchio yeah. story is that Pinocchio can be killed. It's my favorite. Part but of the he returns from death after every time.
1: after a trip to purgatory Where, with, who, with who, Tilda who
0: were,
2: Swinton. Who were the um the pallbearers were were they were they kind of some kind of bug they were not the voices but they were some kind of like crick or weren't they rap wait no were they cockroaches
0: i thought they were rabbits rabbits oh they're rabbits yeah Yeah. sorry
2: they that was amazing that at that moment when they're like doing their little song
0: yeah
2: oh my it was one of those things that i I press rewind and i really was just like oh my god i'm so in love with this the song like that they're singing to take him away yeah. and then how casual they are when he starts like beating on the on the coffin and
0: yeah oh man
2: just the perfect mix of like dark darkness gothic theme but also mm. playful because they're like playing cards and they're talking
1: to pinocchio that
2: was one of those moments that was my my favorite
1: in that classic cartoon uh, he's brought to life by a blue fairy in yeah. this film it's a blue sprite yeah. and she has a sister that is the uh, like a sphinx almost mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. purgatory and it's they're both fo- voiced by tilda swinton when pinocchio is killed he goes to a purgatory place where this sphinx turns over an hourglass and as he is you you will live as many times as, as many hourglasses i have here and the hourglasses are subtly larger mm-hmm. and you may go back to earth when the sand goes from the top to the bottom and every time he gets killed and goes to this purgatory there's more time it's to wait. It's a longer way yeah. And then, and then he, and then he goes back to Earth by sinking into this like black sand yeah. that he's mm-hmm. been standing on. It, it is me visually incredible. That was my yeah. favorite part. Uh, I was looking forward to Pinocchio dying every single time he did because we are going <laughs> to get another chapter in this yeah. little part of the story. It
2: reminded me of Under the Skin, where the where. She oh, leaves yeah, the guys, yeah, yeah. and they just like kind of slowly creep. They sink into yeah. the yeah that. Black. But no, the designs. Oh man, the all the puppet designs, especially in Purgatory, were amazing. the 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 like purplish, dark, gothic tones. Like, uh huh. But yeah, the the big idea of like him being like this ultimate soldier that that they recruit, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, you know, we're gonna use you in war. That idea, kid soldiers, like that's a heavy, heavy, oh, heavy yeah. topic. Like,
0: yeah, well, and just the way that like these, you know. I, I don't know if this is so much commentary or just a recognition of like the way that he is just kind of property, you know, yeah. the, that, you know, initially sort of like a burden to Geppetto in a sense. Yeah. But then once uh, um, the uh, Count Volpe, right, it, once he yeah. gets his hands on, like signs him to this contract that yeah. like he essentially owns him and. Everybody accepts that that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, comes, like, yeah, you can't yeah. own a thing. No. Um, and, and then, you know, right down to Podesta when he, you know, it's like, well, no, you're the property of the fascist government. We yeah. can conscript, conscript you, right? We can put you into our, our forces. Yeah. yeah. It, was,
2: was Mussolini
0: short? In real life, I yeah. think I think he. I think he <laughs> That's was. what came to my mind when I, think I saw he was, his character. I think this is probably an exaggerated. I yeah, mean, they yeah, make him yeah. Very obviously, very yeah. Short and rotund. Yeah, and I think he was like a kind of a barrel-chested yeah. guy, on the shorter end. But I think they're exaggerating. Uh, a
2: hint at like how open I guess I was to dark things as my childhood. My brother showed me tons of dark stuff. Uh, I, I remember the picture of him hanging. Like, oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, was it his? It, it was assassin he was assassinated, or what did he? He was strung himself? up by the yeah, people, yeah, and then his
1: corpse was dragged through the yeah, street. So aspect. I
2: just watching the movie, I just go back to like, oh, I have that picture burned into my memory. Of oh him wow! Hanging. So that's... that's that's what immediately came to mind for <laughs> yeah, me. I,
1: that's even darker. I than I I know. Yeah, I, yeah. I, did you watch this one with your kids, David?
0: No. So it's interesting, and I'll I'll get into more details maybe in after hours. My intent. I, I actually went to the theater to see this. Okay. okay. Netflix the, you, releases it for so, a short period of time. Well, no, the, I mean Netflix. Oh, yes. You mean they're gonna they
1: allow some theaters. That to seems carry to be it. that sure. system. Yeah. Is they're gonna put these yeah. new releases out, but they're also gonna have a tiny theatrical. Right. But there yeah. was no
0: there. There was no exclusivity window here because right. it, was it was simultaneously right. right? Mm-hmm. This this came out on. Uh, uh, on Netflix on Friday, December 9th. It also came to theaters that chose to carry it Friday, December 9th. Okay. So I, I, but I decided because it was playing on a screen here in town that I'll take the opportunity and I'll go see it because I Del Toro. I believe, it does, as I said before, even if I don't love the idea of him rehashing Pinocchio, which I was okay with because mm-hmm. I trust him, but even if I wasn't, I know that I'm gonna like what I'm looking at, so mm-hmm. I wanna see it in the best quality, sure. largest size. Um, so I went – my intent was for all all of us to go together, but when I was watching the other version that we're going to talk about in the second half of the episode earlier that day, um, my daughters were so dismissive and so anti they, – they don't like the story. They don't okay. care for it. They didn't want to. So, the, so they, they weren't eager to see a they second – Right, they made it (laughs) it clear to me that uh, it was not going to be pleasant for them and I didn't want them to have to suffer through it. But actually, I think they might have liked it. So we can talk about that after. But But you
1: would have, now that you've seen the film, uh, and we generally know the ages of your daughters, my question really is, is this a kid kid film?
0: I think it is. I do think the prologue is a heavy opening to the film. I think that, um, because as I was watching that first, you know, whatever it is, 10 to 15 minutes of the film in the theater, There was part of me thinking, oh, wow, this is, I think they would have been shocked at how dark this part of the story is. I don't think it's too much for them to take. Mm -hmm. I think they could do it. But I think they would have been surprised by how dark that film opened up. And I think it might have actually, again, been one of those factors that could have kicked them into seeing the film a little bit differently. Because the story takes on a different flavor, you know, a a different kind of feeling after you've set it up that way. This isn't just a story of, you know, well, what, what does it mean to, you know, gain responsibility? What does it mean to, you know, these kind of themes that we think of the story typically exploring? Because it brings in that sense of like familial relationships, which is always there in any version, but I think it just, it it sort of emphasizes it. It really highlights it in a way. And it, and it creates just a three-dimensional Geppetto. It's not just Geppetto, this kind of, you know, happy-go-lucky, um, woodworker who's so into his work that he, you know, all he can do is create a son out of his work. It's like, no, it's a grieving father mm-hmm. who has this hole that he's trying to fill with something, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and desperately, you know, kind of making this attempt to do that, which in his drunken state, he does very consciously. But then when he sort of sobers up, is is actually kind of horrified by himself <laughs> that he was trying yeah. to do it, you know? It, it for me, and I, I don't want to like
2: repeat, what, what we talked about last time, too, but the whole idea of like being a parent and watching something like it makes me have to face that reality of like anything can happen in life, and yeah, and that in, in is enhanced when, when you're a dad. And like, I have my kid right there, and I'm just like, I, I almost lost it, like, yeah, <laughs> when that moment happened, like, I, I was loss like, loss of you, a child, is, yeah. is and is,
0: you know, I think you're right that, especially once you have children it's it's that kind of event in in a story that really does hit you in this really hard way i can
2: it makes sense to me that he was that depressed and that lost you know and not only a child but i'm sure wife which we didn't even get into in the story it's just already already yeah yeah yeah
0: it you know i i i thought you know we've we've talked about the the voice cast there to some extent but um, it bears mentioning David Bradley, the guy who does Geppetto's voice, I think does an incredible job. Yeah. Um, And and he, I I don't I didn't know him by name, but once I looked him up, you know, oh. he is in the Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Potter yeah. yeah. I know Filch. him. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he he was also in the series The Strain, which was oh, I liked I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. So it was he's
2: great seeing him even in animation film being like a main star. Yeah. because his
0: voice is so oh, like so distinctive, yeah, yeah. and it works so well for yeah. this like older man who's yeah. No, it was great.
1: The uh, we mentioned the black rabbits that are in Purgatory. Yes. they're all voiced by Tom, Tim Blake Nelson, who we tend to like oh, on the. program. I love. Yeah. love Tim Blake yeah. Nelson. A yeah. monkey spazatura that gets absolutely no like word dialogue, but just ooh, well, ooh, 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 ah, yeah, is played by Kate Blanchett. Kate Unless Blanchett. they're vo- voicing the
0: puppets. That's right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. There was that yeah. little You, part, you yeah. do get spoken parts. He, <laughs> which is kind of a funny little quirk, where he's the monkey or she, she I guess, the monkey who will not speak mm-hmm. to humans directly, but will, when doing marionette puppetry, yeah. speak the voices of the puppet. Which was which was such a good element.
2: Yeah, I mean, John Totoro is mm-hmm. is on the cast. Dottore. Do- yeah. Uh, Byrne Gorman, I don't know him by name, but his face I know immediately. Yeah. And he Of course, Wes
1: Anderson has Bill Murray, yeah. Uh, Scorsese has Robert De Niro, Del Ron Toro, Dawn Perlman. Yep. Perlman is uh, Del Toro's, Del Toro's, man. Del Toro's yeah. guy, and he plays uh, that father, Podesta, he yeah. is Podesta, great, who everything. is um, everything. that fascist uh, government official that right that recruits quote unquote Pinocchio into the war.
2: So, on the and he, uh, Joe asked you, is it like a kid's movie? To me, there's enough silliness in moments that are just hilarious, like me and Laura are watching, she she kind of like came in and out of it. Yeah. And the scene where Geppetto's trying to get to Pinocchio's show, and the, <laughs> the, the captain of the ship just is like, Arrivederci, and he flies out. Yeah. We cracked up so much, and I just <laughs> kept doing it like throughout the day. Like I was like, Arrivederci, and I fell on my kid's bed. And it, it, it has those super silly, silly, silly moments in
0: it. Oh, the- oh for sure. And this version, like Pinocchio himself, is a very funny character. I mean, Mm -hmm. he has this, Joe was kind of alluding to the character design here, very kind of spindly, like Mm -hmm. long limbs and they kind of flail around. He like burns up parts of his body at times and kind of laughs it off and you know, gets it repaired. Um, And he's just, he's generally funny to watch. Like he's, it's interesting because he's naive, but he's mischievous in a way that I think other versions of Pinocchio, like, Again, we, get, we keep going back. The 1940 Disney one, I think, is one that a lot of people think about,
1: as I, as do I. It's just uh, so culturally imprinted. Right, it is, and, yeah. and
0: he's innocent, he's naive, but because of that, he's he's gullible. He's easily led to believe certain things and sort of like, here, he kind of willfully, this version of Pinocchio at times, gets crazy ideas and just wants to yeah. go with it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's a little different. There's a little more... Um, I was, I turned to Aaron as we were watching it, which by the way, we were the only two people in our screening. Really? So, so we literally had silly. the theater to ourselves. I was wondering, yeah. Um, sort of both happy and sad because it made it totally comfortable to just sit there and I yeah. we could even exchange comments. But that was one of the times I turned to her and I said, it's kind of like a little unhinged, deranged Pinocchio that yeah, we're seeing yeah. here. No <laughs> doubt. Um, th- no doubt.
1: Th- Whose precociousness oftentimes does not have a sunny side. There are yeah. real consequences yeah. to decisions he makes out of naivete, and um, you know he's presented at the beginning of the film as like a blank slate brain where he's learning everything, yes, yeah. and he'll take a lesson that is learned in one situation, apply it to another. But in human knowledge, there is nuance that. You would need a little more information for this other, and he just you know, and, and he he's learning a lot. He goes, his nose grows when he lies. Yeah, gets him out of a pickle or two. Even turns into a tree. A tree. Really? Yeah, right. it's not just. <laughs> I yeah. love how it branches off. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, anyone felt that it drug a little? Uh, that it was a little too long. No. Uh, I I that was a I had to watch it in had. two parts, so I
2: guess that's not like getting the full experience. It so it felt I felt like a slog
1: that. from time to time, and I wasn't as large of a fan of the songs, David, as I I'm I gathering really, that you are. Yeah,
0: no, I I disagree hard on that one. I mean, I can understand maybe with the pacing, this is about a full two hours, uh-huh. um, in, in running time. I, however, seeing it in the theater, I never for a moment was thinking, "Oh, when is this thing going to wrap mm-hmm. up?" They, the, I I didn't feel that way, um. But the music, I thought that the music was fantastic. I really loved some of these songs. The, you know, it it's kind of a throwaway, but the 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 poopy song that he does there for Il Duce. Yeah. yeah I yeah. I was laughing for like, fans of Weird Al. Over the <laughs> top. Just couldn't believe I'm like Del Toro, he, that he wedged was... in like a fart poop song yeah, into yeah, the middle yeah. of this movie.
2: Which is also his like innocence and mischievousness, like yes. like his mind. I love, and I think in every Pinocchio I've seen, I love the element of like, like, and I'm just thinking of one star, like a Gene Kelly scene, like when he does the performances in the show. Yeah. The I mean, you mentioned earlier the song, which we'll talk about later. I'm sure that there, I have no strings, like mm-hmm. has very much this old Hollywood musical sure. filled when yeah. you're watching. Which right? would have been
1: the context that they were all written in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: It, it no, it really. Um, I
1: I back thought in, back in 1940. I mean.
0: On, uh, you know, for me, I thought that uh, the, the score was great. I, I really enjoyed the music all around. I, I uh, uh, Alexandra um, Desplat, right, who has done... Um, oh, God. What, I mean, he, he's worked with Anderson, right? He did... Well, The French Dispatch. There you go. Okay, yes. He's worked with Les Anderson, Curious Case of Benjamin Brunton, but he's he's worked with a lot of different directors and done some great scores over the years.
1: As much as I liked the character design of almost everybody, I had problems with um, Jiminy Cricket. I can't remember. Sebastian. Sebastian Cricket. It, it, he didn't have any, to me, any, it's such a small point, but any, like, pop or ways, like, personification and i understand that as a decision i really do because mm-hmm. the classic 1940s jiminy cricket is so well known yeah and it's got his little top hat and all that yeah um i had I, every time he'd come on screen like, i don't i don't like the way he looks <laughs> but, but, <laughs> it was just artistic difference with That's the director that i'm really yeah. not gonna i'm gonna lose that fight i think with del toro i every love single time.
2: mcgregor though so i think naturally like the right voice. away i was just like Sh- sure Agreed. And he, he's a perfect character for Del Toro's kind of yeah world.
0: yeah I I hear what you're saying Joe um th- this is a unique approach to all of these characters in terms of how they're you know designed and I think um there's potential there for for people to not like some of the choices mm-hmm. I I did I mean I ultimately
1: this you gave yourself over to
0: I kept to wanting it like. And I even said it there, and like, can we just ask them to pause this for a moment so that I can just take in yeah. this frame? Oh, oh, what
1: about the all oh, the water part, the water scene? Yeah, in this. they do recreate a version of the uh, being swallowed by the whale, but it's a. Funky whale uh, swimming yeah. through uh, sea mines in—it's in very much like a Lovecraftian, which right. makes perfect sense.
2: because Del Toro is a huge right. fan,
1: but the the characters swimming through water yeah. and all yeah. that was just amazing.
2: To I look mean, at. even they even mentioned uh, Pinocchio mentions I think to Geppetto at one point, and he's referring to I can't remember what, but he he says the old ones, and to me, like I was just like, oh, cool. Like I was like yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio in that GIF where he's like pointing the TV. From Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like, it's, like, very much of, like, I, I see what you're doing, Del Toro. He's sneaking yeah. in his, like, love of Lovecraft in there. Did and that creature itself looked very... Yeah, it was really cool. Did
1: y'all think of this as a opened up for potential sequels?
2: No. I think I think, personally, not because I wanted to mention my favorite part was the ending. Because of how, like, true to life it is that they go through and they show you that everybody dies right and it's like trying to it's pushing that lesson of like this is the way
0: the reality is of life is that everybody's going to. well grow. how you become real is that you become more yes That's yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, which you're right that that is like a really nice little spin on the typical pinocchio moral yeah. that i think works really beautifully here and uh you know again leaves it on a sunny enough note like he does come back yeah um, you know, and, and he does get to live some life and, and we kinda
1: see that accelerated and what goes on. But we are correct me if I'm wrong, but I even think the narrator, cricket, uh, says that Geppetto dies mm-hmm. in the beautiful little yeah. scene where he's in the Years bed. Years later. Years later. Right, right, right. He 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 lives his life out and then he's in the bed and then he's yeah. just not in the bed anymore. And then yeah. Pinocchio goes off on adventures. Yeah. And that's cut to black. I wondered if they're just leaving it open for more Pinocchio adventures.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I wouldn't totally rule it out. I mean, Del Toro has been willing to, right? I mean, he did Hellboy too. I mean, he's yeah. he's, he's, willing to do that sort of thing. I, I kind of feel, though, it's unlikely, if only, because I feel like if he was to go back into the stop-motion realm that he'd probably want to do something else unique and, and sort of yeah. on its own, maybe take another... Well-known children's story and kind of adapt it in a slightly darker way. I think he could, way. he could
2: use. I'm pretty sure. I would imagine he's like made kids' books, but I don't yeah. know. I wouldn't. Yeah. I'm not 100 sure, but I know one he's of his own. Yeah. Stories, I mean, yeah. I think
0: he's got he's got so many irons in the fire these yeah. days. Who knows when he? I I I think it, I wouldn't rule it out, but I'd say chances are very slim that I, I could
2: see a series on Netflix because he already has like a few series. Uh, he has a, a cartoon. That's
0: true. The anthology series. he, well, has, he, he, he has um.
2: He has like a troll hunter cartoon. Okay, not based off of the the movie Troll oh, Hunter, really? but yeah, it's like got two or three seasons. I think okay. he either produced it or like um, what do they call it? Pretty much head head of the show. Yeah, yeah. I ha- show yeah, Run. I haven't seen that. Showrunner, yeah.
1: Runner, yeah. Well, I could see that. I, I I don't want my. I just wanted to make sure that I threw in the little cons that I'd kind of put together in the yeah. list in my mind, but I would not uh, suggest that anything that I mentioned. Uh, derail anybody from seeking this out. It's on Netflix now, and it is a lush, visually yeah. gorgeous, mm-hmm. min, uh, minimally. Yeah. Work well, art.
0: and and I'll throw in there if you're in a town where it's playing on some screens. Oh, I w- yeah. T- take the opportunity to go see it. You may be the only person in the theater, <laughs> <laughs> and and that that may be a lovely experience unto itself, which it was for us. Although it really makes me question whether or not they're going to be doing many more of these. Day and date yeah. kind of release things in our local theater because yeah. it, it can't be return uh, returning that much money for them. Right. I would go as far as to say in five years I would rent a theater
2: at Alamo to show my kid when she's oh, old enough yeah. to kind of see it. You know what I mean? it was that's how much I loved it. But also it's Del, to Del Toro that. stop motion. I've been a fan of stop motion since I was a kid watching yeah. a Nightmare for Christmas. Like, yeah. So I it, to me it would it would I hope she can experience it in that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, this is. And again, the the one that I wish I had dragged my children to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, well, I'm excited. It sounds like, you know, all positive with some reservations i get i get get where joe's coming from but but i think you know definitely a worthy entry into the del toro canon sure um what one that i would never tell people to skip over that's what i I think you we should all aspire to be del toro completists at this point you know anything that i see in this let's get into
1: that a little bit at the top of the next half okay (laughs) all right um well before we do that (laughs) also viva la mexico
0: (laughs) yeah <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about uh, this beer that we've been drinking sure. during the first half of the episode. Um, Remember
1: when we asked last week what style of ale is the Christmas ale? And I, I don't know why I didn't think of uh, going to – last week, the St. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of going to a website like Beer Advocate. Yeah. That, what do they have it listed as? Winter Warmer okay. they have as a style. That's what I kind of guessed at. And uh, it's a big malt presence, typically in the winter warmer style, uh, usually sweet, very malty uh the colors will range from a uh, brownish red, which I almost you'd call that here, yeah, to nearly pitch black. The hops are low, you know, uh, yep. because that the malt and the sweetness is what they're gonna put forward. And in here on the Christmas style, they're adding everything that we talked about up top, the uh, nutmeg, nutmeg, cinnamon, cinnamon and I, I enjoyed this beer very much.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Josh kind of said it, you know, you took a sip right as we were kind of getting into the review and saying you were really enjoying it. And, you know, I, I followed that with my own sip and immediately thought, yeah, this is a very tasty, um, you know, perfect. We don't get cold enough here for it. <laughs> we, we have our moments. Yeah, uh, but certainly not right now as we're recording this. Uh, you know, we don't get cold enough here where this is a beer that I'm going to like crave mm-hmm. in that way like but it is like that perfect if it was cold outside and you just arrived at like a holiday party with your mm-hmm. friends like you said you bring a six pack of this even if you didn't drink it yourself and, and you and you were benevolent enough to maybe share it with some people you'd have a lot of friends you'd there, have friends yeah, you, yeah. you'd be very happy uh, about drinking this and and sharing it with people and and as Joe was saying you know I think for Christmas ale uh, or a winter warmer it it's totally appropriate to bring in some of those spices. That I know some people just, that's a hard no to them. Um, you know, I don't but want these, that. these are stuff. subtle. I, I agree. Heavy I think, on the nose. I think this is nicely balanced. I think they're more like, th- they're there as kind of just little accents mm-hmm. rather than the real sort of driving force. But they're nice accents.
2: It does have very much the, the holiday party kind of taste. The warmth, the fun. Yeah. Like, it's not too too much of anything. And I honestly was already like... I think I kind of lost where
0: we were at, and I was like, "Do we have the six pack?" Because I would totally <laughs> open another one. Of these. It was—it's great. Yeah, was great. Yeah. Um, well, I'm—I'm I'm excited. It's always fun to have another brewery come into the mix. Whitestone Brewery out of Cedar Park, like Joe was saying at the top. Um, you know, has really kind of made our episode here with with, with something special uh, in the can.
1: To to bring it full circle real quick, I looked up St. Arnold's Christmas Ale on the same website, and they're calling that an old ale. They call it an old ale. Which, you know, of course, is a a style that has a very small subset um, in the ale community.
0: Well, there you go. Right. Um, So, you know, learning things about beer all the time on Beer in a Movie, learning things about movies occasionally, Um, We're going to learn if you can do two versions of this same story in one calendar year that both wow the critics on Beer in a Movie when we get back. Back? Yes, we are, Uh, and we are going to be talking about
1: another version of Pinocchio in just a moment. I'm enjoying our rotating guests so much, David. But can we make it a requirement that they all bring gifts when they walk through the door? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Josh, what did you you bring us for real? So
2: I like making custom coasters at home, and so I made you all some film reel coasters. It's from a book called uh, "Film Through the Through the Years." They go through like decades, and they have. You know, film reel, photo, still kind of... his um, so mine Scarface? Uh, yeah, yours is Scarface. Lovely. They're both Pacino. Uh David's is Godfather uh, 1.
1: I say these are permanent additions to the Beer and a Movie studio. Oh, absolutely. Lovely, glad lovely. You Thank like you so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah no, that, that was super cool. These well, are, these believe really it or nice. not, David, a non-craft brewery, technically, <laughs> is about to enter the Five Timers Club... We're
0: we're gonna be drinking some Budweiser here, folks. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, not quite. No, but uh, but certainly a beer that is uh, produced and uh, produced by AB InBev. Yeah, this is the Bourbon County uh, brand stout, which yeah. we have had
1: so this is the fifth time is for bourbon county fifth, uh, so i guess goose island technically yeah. is our uh, in our five timers right now.
0: so yeah goose island which was once an independent uh y- you know micro brewery uh bought by ab and vev now a decade ago yeah um has continued to put out this beer that they kind of i mean this really was the beer that introduced the idea of barrel aging yeah. to the beer community. Yeah,
1: you put an asterisk by this one because, you know, as I'll say sometimes, David, I think you kind of agree. Well, let's get your take on it. Once a brewery is bought out by one of the big guys, I'm going to continue to enjoy it if I can until I don't enjoy it any longer because I'm seeing a degradation of quality. And these typically are still stellar, yeah. amazing beers.
0: Yeah. no, you, I, I'm
1: always excited this time of year.
0: Yeah, you're, you're right, Joe. This is... Uh, one of those beers that I make that exception for because generally I don't go with macro brews if, if I have options. I mean, there are times when part, I'm at a concert or you Hunter, know, at a bar that only has you know part of Hunter film. and I's
1: conversation today. Yeah. I told him all about Carboc, yeah. like, <laughs> and, and he I, didn't understand it because a co- college Carboc is heavily um, marketed to to college, yeah, it's the yeah. college age, right? Who don't understand? Made in Texas, brewed yeah. in Texas. Don't, don't it's understand. crafty, yeah, 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 exactly.
0: yeah. Um, and this is now too, but. Again, as you said, like am I going to deny it when the quality is still there and it's hard to do that because year after year these bourbon county releases come out and I enjoy them. Yeah. Um so we've had several on the show. This isn't the straight up. This is a 2022, so it did just come out a couple weeks ago. Um it but it
1: doesn't have the benefits of aging that
0: sometimes these bourbon counties Right. Which really- sometimes can be a benefit if something's super boozy. Mm-hmm. You're right, it can kind of cool it down a little bit. Um, but this isn't just the straight ahead 2022 edition. This is the um, it's called the Sir Isaac's Stout. It is a stout aged in bourbon barrels with figs, graham crackers, and this one kind of throws me off. Natural flavors. I don't uh, I don't understand why they're uh, masking a red flag what, what that yeah, yeah <laughs> what, what that is. But nonetheless, you know what? We're gonna try it, guys, and we're gonna find out. Do we? Dig natural flavor. <laughs> no, but give it to me one more time. Fig. Give it to me. Fig. Graham crackers and natural flavor. And what is the name
1: of the variant? Sir Isaac's Stout. Okay. Very exciting. I
0: like the
2: energy that Joe brought with. uh Well, once like a, a small brewery sells to like one of the big big wigs, your your energy is kind of like ah, I don't really. It's kind of that reminds me of like the music world and and films. It's like once somebody quote unquote sells out, yeah. you're, you're kind of like well, see, but less, to
1: me that's a that's a more difficult definition of selling out. Mm-hmm. My favorite band of all time, and it's because I was born in 1972, is The Cure. They hit me right at the right time, and uh, I do remember a lot mm-hmm. of Cure fans were uh, uh, when when uh, Kiss me, Kiss me, Kiss me came out. Just like Heaven, well, they have sold out because they are reaching a wider audience. Yeah, and but Disintegration's still the best. Album
2: of all but time. it's interesting to see no, no discussion required. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting to see like from that point on, do they do they get worse or do they? And like like David said too, you're not gonna like lie and if it, if you like it, you're gonna admit sure. that you like it. Which I feel movies, films, obviously, I mean, music beers, like kind of have that. Josh and energy. I were
1: bullshitting about music, David. I did notice you took a whiff and made a very funny face. You thought that was a funny yeah. face. What were you saying? Good. That's a good face. It's it's a like wow. Yeah. just
0: inhale and it's that real it's like getting punched in the nostrils because it's got that hefty base of the of that imperial stout that's there it's yeah. always there and with, uh, with the bourbon county as unless a, it's their barley wine they as a that,
1: annual but. fig harvester uh you can i'm smelling fig well, that's what big I was, time
0: yes and you bring in the fig with that and i'm even getting the hint of graham cracker there it's it is a dessert in a glass yeah. kind of what feel was, what
1: was the abv on this guy
0: Oh, it was 13.9. Oh, okay. I haven't taken a <laughs> sip All, yet. Almost at 14. Yeah, I think that, I'm going <laughs> to need
1: a heavy dose of alcohol to discuss the film we're about to. <laughs> I wish I had a heavy dose when I was watching yeah, it. <laughs> I, uh, we have oh. got to talk about quality control okay. on this show. We well, have got to talk about quality control.
0: So, you know, when, when we put together this episode and we were planning it, we thought, okay, well, the, you know. Joe we, had we, a
1: good idea. David had a horrible <laughs> idea. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> we we want to do this Del Toro Pinocchio. Joe said well we could do another del toro film let's do devil's back but but i feel like we've done that before we've done the 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 two del toro and you're right we haven't
1: done zemeckis before (laughs) is this our first zemeckis i'll double check um,
0: but lo and behold right this same year Mm -hmm. i I made the point that well but there has been another version of pinocchio released just in Mm -hmm. the past few
1: months romancing Um, the stone okay
0: yes yes
1: this is our second zemeckis
0: that um you know I haven't watched yet when I when I was talking to you about it, but this would give me an excuse to, sure. and it's right there on Disney Plus, which I'm already paying my monthly fee to. So why don't I give it a look and see how it is? Now knowing in the back of my mind that I'm sure I would have heard people excited about this. Yeah. If it had been really good, because I'm already telling people about the Del Toro Pinocchio. In fact, at lunch today, I was telling people like, (laughs) "You have Netflix. Make sure you watch this. It's gonna be. It's gonna make your holiday season if you have like a good like stop motion experience."
2: I felt like the Disney, the new Disney Pinocchio that we're gonna talk about now, had um, the audience was Jiminy Crickets. (laughs) <laughs> I'm a dad dad jokes now. Jesus Christ. <laughs>
0: you're right though. It was a very quiet. <laughs> like I remember hearing about it and I think it was probably because I went to Disney Plus and it was on the front page for a little while sure. to like, you know, hey, here's our new feature film release. Yeah. And pass, pass. Yeah. You know, the, um but you're right. I didn't hear any buzz about it. Um but lo and behold, this is a, a film in that sort of You know, it's been going on. Is it has it been a decade yet for Disney to do these live action remakes? This is the eighteenth
1: one. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. Uh, I remember Lion King. I remember got the treatment. Jungle Book. Got the treatment. Aladdin with Will Smith, uh, taking the classic animated property and turning it into a live action slash CGI slash you know uh, version of itself. Going back to those properties that we know have already made money and packaging them in a way where we can make more money from the The existing. Yeah. And that's what... Uh, okay, go ahead. Well, that's... I mean, you say that,
0: and I have to believe that this, for them, has been a huge money loser. Yeah, um, I would imagine. But but I do think that so many of them have done very well, right? I mean, the Beauty and the Beast one, yeah. I think... They're di- literally doing all their old animated
2: uh, set lists, I guess, in, in terms yeah. of like a band. Yeah. But just redoing them and just... To me, that's like, they're like, oh, they're, they, they didn't fail like a... It's producers sitting around being like, "There's no way this can fail," and then yeah. you have something like this. Tom Hanks as Geppetto, like, how did he gets away with whitewashing <laughs> so? Like, he's just special <laughs> in that way that it doesn't matter when Tom
1: when he's Tom Hanks does it. He's a very talented actor. I'm he not, is. I'm not going to say, yeah. you know, but they took the design of the of the cartoon and just like made mm-hmm. a wig that shape mm-hmm. and mustache mm-hmm. and put it in the clothes and put it on Tom yeah. Hanks. Yeah, the puppet uh, in this live, I guess that would be probably CGI. The puppet. Yeah. It looks exactly like the 1940s, but it just doesn't puppet. have.
2: It looked lifeless to me. And so did Jiminy, mm. Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. The most it looked yeah. like
1: a piece of plastic. Yeah. something. It, it and it, it, as much as go ahead, it
2: loses the magic for me, it especially. Really, really did. Yeah, it lost so much of the magic from the original cartoon that Disney did, but it just felt so dull. And then the, the they're trying to throw in like um, of the time jokes. Like I think he mentions Chris Evans. The the yeah Chris Pine Chris, Chris Pine, pine. Yeah. yeah
1: which I get Pine you Nokio. Know, I know but it's from so, pine, it's gonna be but... so dated oh. yeah
2: <laughs> yeah but he looked lifeless the CGI just looked lifeless to me like it's like that um what do they call it when you look into like a, a robot's eyes like Uncanny Valley yes, like, yeah. just like
0: nothing there just a which which you know watching the Del Toro version mm-hmm. the, I mean the eyes there there's a real life to yeah. that even if they're
1: tiny like knot holes yeah right. even yeah. though yeah.
0: they're actually not eyes you know yeah. it's yeah it, it it's funny to watch like as, as much as this may not have been pleasant for you both and I apologize on, to I, a degree. I bought a month of Disney Plus just to see. Oh, yeah. man. Well, watch some other content. Yeah, There's some yeah. other good stuff I need to on catch there. up on certain yeah, things. If yeah, if you never watched Mandalorian, that, I that's did. worth it. I need seeing. to watch
2: Andor and Obi-Wan. I haven't I've, been yeah. hearing good things yeah. about Andor. Anyway. Yeah. So sideline. Um, well, I
0: apologize. And, and so the better stuff on Disney Plus. Why don't we
1: not talk about this film and talk about better things on Disney Plus? <laughs> well, Okay, mm-hmm.
0: so it's but it's this you know. Uh, give us the gurney and burn This it. attempt. Well, no, I, I don't have a lot that I Shine can say to, to help. <laughs> there's not a lot. Now I can say it was relatively inoffensive to me. Um, this
1: film was for six to twelve year olds. Period. Yeah, the, the I adults mean, aren't going to have a Simpsons uh, experience where they're catching a higher level of, of hidden content.
0: No, there's not that, and it, and it doesn't do anything to like really like Del Toro's did to sort of. Bring gravity to the material to actually, again, like, you know, to, to sort of flesh out the characters in ways that they weren't in mm-hmm. the 1940 animated version for Disney or, you know, it sticks, like you said, pretty closely to what they had already done in terms of mm-hmm. the story. And then so it's just what does it mean when we translate a few of those characters into actual humans and then use CGI for a lot of these other things? Which is kind of a weird, like, and all of these live-action remakes do that to a certain extent. Yeah. But there's a point, and I and I was feeling it with this one, I think, where it kind of feels like, oh, really? Are you making a live-action version if so much of what I'm seeing on screen at any given moment is, you know, like it felt like 90% of most of the images I was seeing was CGI. computer generated. Yeah. 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 So it, you know, it it sort of it calls into question what's the point of doing this. And that does get back to that term that you were saying, is this just a cash grab, right? I mean, are you just doing this because you can generate some more money from some content that you've already— Remaking your own old content, yeah. And and it—I mean, this one, I think, of all of them that I've seen, and I haven't seen all 18 that Joe was just talking about. I've seen a handful of them. Um, Of all of them, this one felt like the least was gained in in the process. Well said. Yeah, I mean, and and it, I, couldn't, I couldn't even really probably pinpoint exactly why it felt that way. It may be in part fatigue of seeing yeah. some of these it, remakes. I think that's a big part of it. Um, it may also be that I saw the other ones that I've seen mm-hmm. in the theater. Like I went to see The Lion yeah. King one and The Jungle Book one, and at least The Beauty and the Beast. So the, the, the few that I've seen have been bringing my children to the mm-hmm. theater, going to see them, kind of experiencing them that way. Maybe this film would have played a little better on a big screen for me, but I don't think so. I think yeah. I would have probably felt it, a little
2: cheated. It was very like self-referential, too, for, for Disney. All the cuckoo clocks were different, like uh, yeah. cuckoo uh, clocks from their own movies. The cuckoo clock like.
1: animation at, 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 at noon or midnight yeah. or whenever yeah, the cuckoo yeah, yeah, thing yeah. happens was all the, some old. I saw Sleeping Beauty in there. Yeah. I saw uh, a Toy Story. In there, you know, which yeah. to
2: me, if, if you're if, I, if we stick with that, it was a cash grab. They're like, Oh, just show people things they love.
1: Mm-hmm. I think you they know? intended that on being like, Hey, a winking yeah. thing, yeah. for you know, which I
2: don't know in the original if any of that stuff was referenced to early Disney, there was stuff. nothing to reference.
0: I, yeah, yeah, I guess it's the second, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. by the
1: way, um, uh, Logan and Edward Scissorhands are all on Disney Plus right now. Continue, there you
0: <laughs> go. Um, but you know, the, this one watching it, it really was kind of. Uh, you know, it, what I was, what my mind was turning towards was how can they justify pouring? Cause I, I guess the budget for this was about $150 million. Ooh, insanity. <laughs>
1: yeah. How can they the, justify the budget for Del Toro in 35? Yeah. I mean, come on.
0: Yeah. Putting that kind of money into this when they're just going to put it on their streaming platform. If this doesn't gain them any subscribers, nobody was, nobody got Disney plus <laughs> other than podcasts. Nobody got Disney Plus just for this, yeah. Bro. Yeah. Josh,
1: next time you come on, I'll ask me for my credentials. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to do that. I like to seem professional. Uh, mm, okay.
1: <laughs> uh, of course. You're no, right, No, but Josh. I will.
2: After my month's over, I will definitely. <laughs> <laughs> if I haven't finished everything I want to see. Yeah. It's, it, but the Be- it Beatles just, get back on Disney Plus. I'll I did that see out. that. Yes. I did see that. I got so annoyed with them because they're so, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs>
0: That's, But it
2: was also a very, very interesting watch. It's funny. We just keep talking about the better stuff on Disney. I, I, <laughs> I, Jeff yeah. Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum show from Discovery, I think. Oh, it's I have that. <laughs> uh, Isle, Dog- Isle of Dogs what, is on Disney+. Plus I, I kind of felt like this conversation
0: was going to be a pretty... It's not good. Don't say Well, they just, it, they
2: just redo every sequence pretty much. The, I would say the ending, but by that time I was already like, oh my God, just fucking finish. But by the, 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 the whale stuff look cool enough you know what I mean like there's a I will say I thought the water cap, the water
1: animation if you're watching these side by side it's just so inferior Mm -hmm. it it looks unfinished yeah Yeah. they needed an extra 50 million to maybe make the water look as good as Del Toro's did they were never going to do water
2: like James Cameron that's a good point especially (laughs) the um, We'll, we'll, we'll find out in the <laughs> yeah, very that's, soon that's,
0: we're, we're on our way I
2: just yeah I just it just felt lifeless I think the best way I could put it would be lifeless just everything didn't didn't stick with me didn't have any I and I I love the original so I would yeah. would have thought that nostalgia would have been there hearing certain songs was was cool you know what I mean like yeah but other than that and they yeah.
0: did change a couple things around right didn't they they eliminated a song or two they maybe added a one I, yeah yeah
1: Kind of with a more modern sound. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean,
0: there there was a little bit of change, but it really was. It just felt like this kind of wasted effort on the part of all of this talent. You know, I mean, think what you want about Tom Hanks yeah. or Keegan Michael Key or jo- Joseph Gordon Levitt or Lorraine Bracco or some of the other voice talent or you know the animators for that matter yeah. or the, you know the people doing the CGI. Like, you know, to me to put this kind of money all these resources everything into a project like this it felt like it delivered so little yeah. um you know I this, I think you could put this on for a family viewing yeah. session and more likely than not the younger folks are going to be totally pleased yeah, yeah a couple of the older folks might get ag- might get like just a kick out of seeing oh this like different imagining of yeah. this story that I very much recognize it's not going to terribly offend people unless they are critical like yeah, we are yeah. <laughs> where we start thinking about it but that said it's not i don't think anybody's going to come out being like that was such a great film yeah. it's not going to energize anybody it's not going to like create and and in fact i think if you watch which i did i didn't watch the whole thing but i rewatched a little bit of the 1940 version just mm-hmm. to kind of remind myself like the magic of that 2d animation what they were doing back then and how much it still has some of that magic for me. Now it's hard to know how much of that is just my own nostalgia. How much of that is like that technique actually does have this kind of lasting value, but whatever it is, it's still there for me. And I would say if you're a Disney subscriber, go watch that 1940 version again. Yeah. It's on Disney plus right now. And don't worry about this one. Yeah, I mean
2: I I a positive the stage performance with the guy, with um what you, you mentioned his name earlier the guy who's still Stromboli? You know, yeah. yeah. That whole machine, everything like that was cool. That was really fun. Maybe it's CGI looks better when it's darker toned. Yeah. But uh some of the dark darkness in there too I had to change my TV settings to see better. So oh, that's interesting. Yes, yeah. it was a pretty dark. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean it lost all the magic like just Yeah. Uh, You would think the nostalgia would be enough, but it wasn't for that. The moment
1: at the beginning of the episode, Josh, when you said that uh, the original 40 Pinocchio was one of your favorites, I was interested to see your opinion, especially on this, because I'm not, I'm I'm lukewarm to it. It's not, it is neither good nor bad to me. It is, like I said earlier, a culturally imprinted property. I could sing half of I've Got No Strings Right Now. If you asked me to, I'm not going to. But uh, <laughs> I could do that. Uh, uh, when You Wish Upon a Star, uh, famously hidden in E.T. score. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's, 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 uh, it's in our culture. Mm-hmm. But this was a, a money grab. And, and it, it couldn't yeah. have done anything for Disney Plus's business Well, and, and come on, like if, if Tom Hanks... He brought Zemeckis in when the original director had left. In Was it to, Hanks who brought Zemeckis yeah, in that, that suggested to Robert? Yeah, that they do
0: this. Yeah, but when you have that, and he can't even help carry this thing or yeah, make it somewhat relevant to people, that mm-hmm. it's like that—that's a sad statement. I mean, it—it—it yeah. it, it, it really kind of cuts to the you know the bone on this and kind of says like you know like is there anything really there? Is this worth? And I don't think it is. I mean, like the public reaction is what, what it is. And, and I think in this case is, is kind of the right reaction. It's, I know why people aren't lit on fire by this. Mm-hmm. I know why people aren't energized about it. I know why people aren't talking about it because it just doesn't feel like a, a Some, something special an important enough or a new, it's just, look, you had a great version of this yeah. story that you did in 1940 animated wise. What are you gaining by doing this? It's not, you know, I think there's a
2: like a David and Goliath element too, with Del Toro's because yeah. everybody would have thought, oh, the big, yeah, big, big Disney's gonna oh, just tower yeah. over his.
0: And when you look at it now, like criti- critically, it's panned uh, yeah. the Disney one, and well, his that's is, why i loved, and that's why, and 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 uh, you know, I'll say this for ourselves, like that's why I'm glad we're doing this episode, and and certainly, um, I'm going to do all that I can just. Interpersonally talking to people Mm -hmm. to get people to watch that del Toro version because to me that is a movie that I want To see made I want Mm -hmm. filmmakers taking those kind of opportunities to put their own unique spin on something and not just rehash a version That was already out there And I feel like that's what you get with del Toro with Zemeckis here. I feel like this was a Disney assignment hey do your best to create just a sort of different looking version of the film that mm-hmm. we made in 1940. I didn't know that he was the second
2: director on it. So that's telling as yeah. well. It was a long in uh, production hell yeah. um, project. I think hopefully it just is the, the failure of Disney's Pinocchio is good for cinema in a way, because then people are going to look at things like Del Toro did his Pinocchio and be like, well, we should bet more on, on the original. Yeah. or well, bet more on creative directors, people who are outside of the box. Yeah,
0: like don't they, right, it's not, yeah.
1: it's not an original property. I mean, yeah. I don't
0: want to, and actually this is, it was kind of funny, because I was reading some things about this one, like how, how people were reacting to it, reading some IMDB reviews, actually, um, yesterday. And, you know, one person, I, I do feel like, I don't want to just totally dismiss Zemeckis, because a couple people who I was reading their reviews were saying like, why would they give it to Zemeckis? And they were tagging him as uh, the guy who did Castaway. I'm like, yeah, he did Cast Away. I did get he, that. Did he do Back to the Future? He did Back yeah. to the Future. Yeah, yeah. He did Romancing the Stone, yeah. which we did on the show, and and we really loved. He did all the Back to the Futures. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I, that was Another a classic a blend of my childhood. Yeah, the animation and absolutely. Live action. So, I mean, he he has a lot. Now, he's also responsible <laughs> for Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I knew it would come up, and I, I've never
1: said this on the show, but I've had a really bad week. I don't hate Forrest Gump as much as. The other people in this room, typically,
2: well, we may have Gen to do it. A, I love, I love. I I, I, I won't.
1: I'm angry that it. Be, I angry, won't say I love. Florida I'm Scott. angry that it beat when, Pulp Fiction for Best Picture that year because that's just silly. Yeah,
2: I think I mean. I, <laughs>
1: I it was of a time I was like this is a good movie when I was younger uh, and then I
2: really found out with Cinema was I was like oh
0: shit oh yeah no th- when it came out it was I was fully in no we'll, we I mean we the, will the, tackle
2: pe- that. the Dr Pepper and all that that it's funny when you look at it we but, will tackle that
0: beast someday. I believe he said th- he's got is- to pay. <laughs> This isn't the time to do it. We, we, we will give it a full treatment at some point. I just
1: figured that our second half was shorter than normal, so now I'm just... Josh and I are cracking <laughs> each other up. Well, but, I have a friend I, named
2: Kenny, and every time I see him, i like,
0: Kenny. Like, <laughs> I was running... I'm sorry, that's all we're going to do. <laughs> but my point is that he he's capable of some great stuff. Yeah. Now, he's obviously at a later point in his career, and he's had a good couple decades with mostly things that I don't care as much about. Although... I will put out the caveat that Flight, I've heard, is excellent, and I have not seen that. I've, I've that? heard the uh, Denzel same. Denzel Washington. That is That was Zemeckis? Yeah. That's a great movie. Okay. That's so And that was about 10 years ago. So, I mean, maybe there's something in there. Um, is
1: there an upside-down airplane in that film at some point?
0: That is, yeah. There's okay. two
1: versions.
2: Another one with uh, Tom Hanks, right? Or no? No, that's wrong. Captain Sully. Or no, 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 no. Right? No. Didn't he do... There what? was another plane one that, that uh, was based on... Anyway, the Denzel Washington one where John Goodman brings him cocaine to get him to fly the plane. Uh-huh. I didn't know, I didn't know that was Zemeckis. Yeah. yeah. I, um, interesting career for him.
0: Right. So, so say the, I, I'm not ready to dismiss, and although he is at a later stage of his career and he doesn't seem like he's necessarily... Full of of unique original ideas right now that he's really pushing out there. It seems like he's more just, I'm a reliable guy who does this kind of... Can work with CGI motion capture. Well, he did Polar Express, and that's
2: that's meme meme fuel now because of the lifeless expressions. Because it was earlier CGI. Yeah, Yeah. there's like there's well,
0: and he did that the same kind of uh, technique with the Christmas Carol, Beowulf. Like in the last couple decades, he's kind of gotten into this. Like I use he did what Lives beneath. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um. (laughs) So. Anyway, no, you know, none of us are telling you, you got to watch this thing. In fact, we're saying maybe don't waste your time. Actively with this avoid thing. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think at this point that that would be, especially in a year where you have a, another version of mm-hmm. this story that is so good. Yep. There is, I'm going to be telling people from now until at least the next month. Have you watched Pinocchio yet on Netflix cuz everybody has their Netflix subscription yeah. like have you taken advantage of this beautiful thing that has been dropped there for yeah. you this one if I ever mention it it's just going to be to say you know, yeah, you don't need to bother. It's like comparing
2: Budweiser to this
0: bourbon <laughs> county.
2: Ooh, look at that segue. I've learned a few things from yeah. being right at all. David, well done.
1: Josh, well done. the end of the best of the year, end of the year lists are coming out. And we do hours on this program in an episode we call the Bammies, which is usually near the Oscars, a few weeks before the Oscars. And in the Bammies last year, I called uh, Goose Island's Bourbon County uh Kentucky Fog, one of my top three beers of the oh, year. Oh, that was a really interesting one with the tea, right? Earl Grey tea. Yeah. Ooh. I want to try that. But uh, I think you're going to have a hard time finding yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But this time is our first go around uh, to do this. It might Another Bourbon county might pop up in the near future. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, figs, graham crackers. What all was in this thing? yeah, you got them. (laughs) Bourbon barrel aged natural flavor, which we did. I've been racking my brain to figure out what these natural flavors are, but it's got that base of that bourbon county barrel aged stout that is typically fantastic. It's these adjuncts that make these
2: variants interesting. This is dangerous because they're both kind of strong, so now I feel like, man, it's theo time right now. (laughs) They're, They're great and they're strong.
0: Yeah, I mean this one especially at almost fourteen percent is just. It, but but that's the other thing about Bourbon County is typically they are hefty and you mm-hmm. feel it's it's a weighty beer. There's mm-hmm. there's um, that w- w- you know it, I'm gonna go against what Anya Taylor Joy tells me in the menu. Yep, and bring up mouthfeel here. Got to the mouthfeel. It is rich. Thick. It is decadent. It is lush. Mm-hmm. It's just. It, it It's one of those beers that you take a sip and it just kind of clings to your mouth and it kind of sti- sits there for a few moments where you can taste these kind of levels of flavor. Um, you know, you get hit right up front with that heavy sort of roasted mm-hmm. maltiness which brings in the chocolate and brings in the coffee. But then the bourbon barrel kind of becomes present there and you can taste that kind of booziness that you get yeah. from the barrel. As it
1: warms up, it's boozy forward. I think I have
0: to do more research though. And I, I think, think the fig is this kind of interesting little, you know, fruity note that kind of hangs out there as it just sits on my palate a little bit longer and it kind of ev- the rest of it kind of evaporates away. I get some of that. The graham cracker I don't find as pronounced in the flavor as I did when I was okay. just smelling it. But that, that's no knock against this. I mean, th- to me, this is, as with all the other Bourbon County variations that we've had on the program, a stellar bourbon barrel aged beer that is widely available, um, though you do for a limited time, you know, especially mm. if you want these variants, they don't stay on the shelves for too long. So, you, you know, don't sleep. Uh,
1: unless they do. Yeah, right. If you
0: if you hit a liquor store where there aren't people looking for them, you're right. right.
1: There are those, yeah. But you're right. Usually, uh, and 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 famously in after hours, uh, the last couple of years when this has been the thing, how you get the variants in yeah. a market where it, there's a more supp- uh, demand than supply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how they are um, distributed now over at Total Wine, they put them out and they're off the shelf and they're gone. Yeah. Uh, at our more locally owned liquor store, it's you know that kind of things going on as well. Yeah, yeah. be I would in imagine you all have
2: you all have a lot of those like uh, connections. Well, it's, by it's now. <laughs> I think that they
1: they and it's it's not a bad business choice yeah. is to reward the yeah. customers that come and looking for special beers by giving them special yeah. beers first. Yeah, I still I still owe y'all. Um, Hopefully, next episode, that I need to get
2: something shipped down when I was up in Massachusetts. Oh, I, yeah. I told you I was going to bring something, I got super well, paranoid. You're, 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 you're so I, I still owe you all for Your a lovely coaster episode.
1: gift is going to make up Great. for the. It's paid your yeah. debt off. But I, <laughs> yeah. There's no debt here. Yeah, yeah. Anything. I, I find this to be the delightfully boozy, mm-hmm. especially as it warms up. I had to do a, a double dip. I, that's why I said I was
2: going to do more research. Yeah. I just wanted more. It's, it's delicious. Yeah, is the research paying off for it you? Is. Okay. Did is. you learn I got anything the graham cracker smell even You got more. it the second time. Yeah. All right.
1: Well, yeah. leave a little for me, and I'll look for some <laughs> graham crackers here in just a little while. No, I enjoyed this very much. I think the fig, as you say, David, is... Uh, is is present throughout mm-hmm. and very very pleasant because yeah. fig is an inter- it's an interesting fruit. I like figs it's, a lot. It's a savory yeah, sweet rather than and a pure sweet like fig seaweed. Newtons. Oh yeah.
0: yeah, I well that, I, I, maybe that's what they're going for. Although it's not a graham cracker coating, it's mm-hmm. what, like a soft cookie. I don't yeah. know what mm-hmm. that is. Yeah. Um. Well, th- this has been a lot of fun, guys. It, it always is. Um. And it's hopefully fun for you, the listener, and it's a fun that doesn't have to end because the best thing about beer in a movie is that the conversation doesn't end here. We are on social media. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, You can find us on Instagram. You can find us in various other avenues. I would point you most... um, emphatically towards our discord where we operate under the name beer in a movie the conversation continues find us there jump into that conversation we'd love to have you join uh, we've also mentioned that we'll extend this conversation ourselves in our patreon subscriber only after hours bonus episode that we're going to record right after we get done with this uh, please sign up at patreon.com slash beer and a movie podcast. There are a few free ones out there. Last week's is free and publicly available, so if you want to get a taste of what we do there, you can do that yourself. Also, we know you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, but before you leave, won't you please rate us and leave a review? We hope you'll make it five stars so that the algorithm can do what it do and put us out there as an option for more listeners. You've just experienced another adapted variation of beer in a movie
1: until next time lies my dear boy are found out immediately because they are like long noses visible to all but the teller of the lie and the more you lie the more it grows